Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to OESA, Original Equipment Suppliers Association Automotive Insiders Podcast. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. So happy to be here. This is part two. I have two very special guests who have graciously agreed to give us more of their time to talk about a topic that impacts everybody in automotive, delivering on the promise of delivery. It's a loaded statement. Are you bringing a supply, a tool, a product, a car to someone? How do you get it there? We've lived through a year of incredibly disruptive disruptions. Where are we now? And disclaimer, we are recording this on October 1, 2021, so you have an idea of where we are. My special guests again today, Kathy Fisher, you can wave for the video, Kathy. Kathy, founder and president of Quistum. She will explain, in case you didn't hear part one, she'll explain the company name and what they do. Welcoming also Terry Onika. She spells her last name O-N-I-C-A. If you want to find her on social media, she's the director of automotive at QAD. There's an interesting backstory. And I think one of my two guests is getting a very special award, and I think it's Terry. So, Terry, let's talk to Kathy first and get her to introduce herself, and then we're going to find out what you've been up to. Kathy Fisher, please go ahead and reintroduce yourself to our audience. Go ahead. Thank you, Bonnie. So I'm Kathy Fisher with Quistum. We help automotive manufacturers transform their management systems into money-making machines. And we've been doing that for 25 years. (laughs) And we really are excited to bring the fields of quality and supply chain together because we think that is the future for this industry. My has time, how time flies. Am I right, Kathy? Yes. <laughs> 25 years. Did you think you would make a, a life? That's a, that's a lot of body of work. Did you think you'd make a lifetime out of that when you started? Well, yeah, certainly when I started this business, but I've been in the industry for over 37 years. Oh, my goodness. You <laughs> and that's be. not counting my childhood being a NASCAR, so that's, <laughs> that's another whole We'll talk about that in a second. Thank you, and welcome back. Terry Onika, please reintroduce yourself to our audience, and I want to hear about that award. When, where, how can we see you receive it, and what's it all about? Terry, go ahead. Uh, Hi, I'm Terry Onika. I'm the Director of Automotive at QAD. We provide uh, ERP solutions to um, our customers, and and I'm, again, the Director of Automotive, and a lot of our customer base is between Tier 1 and N in the automotive industry. And on Wednesday, this Wednesday in Cleveland, I'll be inducted into the uh, Women in Manufacturers um, uh, Hall of Fame. So I'm really, really excited about that. The award was um, honored. I got the honor of that award because of, of not only my work in the industry, but a large part of the award is what I give back. So, um, so I'm very excited to go receive it on Wednesday. We are very honored that you're here with us so close to your going to get the award and glad you're going to be able to go and get it in person. That's exciting. Let's open up the topic before we get to what we're talking about, delivering on the promise of delivery. Let's talk a little bit about women in automotive. I'm so intrigued. Terry, I want to start with you because of your award. 
are you the first woman or one of the only women to get this? Women in manufacturing, we very seldom hear those words together in the same right. sentence. Talk to me. Are you? Do you consider yourself a role model, a, a leader in getting women interested in this this part of the automotive industry, Terry? Sure, sure. So um, this is the second group that's going to get inducted. I think the first group had uh, fifteen women. And the second group that I'm in, there's eight women of us that will be receiving it on Wednesday. Um, What I do, um, I'm a mentor at Wayne State University in the area of supply chain. And so I've had, I'm on my fifth uh, young college student woman uh, to be mentoring. And what's really nice about it that I love is that these are first generation graduates and their family. And it reminds me a lot of me. I, I, my mother or father did not get their degree um, and so I was one of the first ones in my family, too. And I know what they come from the background. They're working hard uh, jobs and they're going to school. So it's just really I enjoy doing it because I can give back and I know exactly what they went through. So it's exciting to see more women looking at supply chain for sure. And I think they have so much to bring because as women, we're, we have a lot of organizations. We can do multiple things at one time. And I think a lot of those skill sets are really good in supply chain. I was going to talk about multitasking, the multi-threads of the brain, being able to do multiple things. And people say, oh, I'm so busy. I can't do this. I can't do that. There's an old saying, busy people are the ones you ask to do more things because we, I'm putting myself in here, we know how to balance Maybe we know how to bring in other, we know how to get excited about doing new and interesting things. Right, Terry? I'd love to get Kathy's yes, exactly. thoughts. Ka- Kathy, let's let's give a little quick round of applause here for Terry. Yes! <laughs> I just met you and I'm proud of you, Terry so Onika. I'm, I'm, clap down here. That looks a little better. Thank you. <laughs> Kathy, talk about role models in manufacturing and automotive. Have you seen a shift in terms of female presence at your level, starting companies, running companies, seeing what needs to be done in the industry? What have you seen in the past few years, Kathy? Yeah, I think this is such an exciting time for the automotive industry. I mean, look at the role models that we have. Mary Barra, I mean, she's just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. She's um, She graduated from the same engineering school that I did. And I just think back to when I started engineering school, we were a very small minority. There was, I think, you know, one in 24 students was a female. By the time you graduated, it's probably even less than that. So seeing women get engaged in the automotive industry and seeing the possibilities that it's not just, you know, kind of that old perception of uh, dirty, noisy shop floor um, and that you're going to get, you know, kind of looked at or, or wolf whistled at, that there's really respect for women and the con- contributions that they can make to the industry from so many different areas. And I think also from an entrepreneurial standpoint, the the, co- the um, pandemic has really shifted for the younger generations, amazing landscape of opportunity to be entrepreneurs and even think outside of the box in terms of what are the possibilities for a career in any industry sector, but especially in the automotive sector. Thank you both. Very, very interesting. I'm glad we happen to have two role models here on the show. And I, I applaud the work you're both doing. It, it takes leadership like yours, Terry, and yours, Kathy, to inspire younger generations to say, mm-hmm. I can do that too, or I want to learn how to do that. And I know we have Katie Clark here in the background, and I believe she was. Who's who mentored her? Who's who's her mentor? Terry. Terry? 
Yes, Terry, me. M- mentor, and we, we got to get Katie on the show one of these days, too. If you mentored her, I'm sure <laughs> yes. she's excellent at these topics. So thank you. Yes. Let's go to our topic. Our formal topic today is delivering on the promise of delivery. Such an important and maybe overlooked topic recently. And that's what we talked about on part one, Kathy and Terry. So here is, uh, Kathy has provided me with some talking points, and I'll bounce it back and forth between the two of you. So let's start with you, Kathy Fisher. You say, we, and I assume that's Quistum, have identified 24 essential and we're not going to list the whole 24, but we can do some highlights, 24 (laughs) essential supply chain processes that are the foundation to achieving automotive OEM delivery performance expectations. That is a packed statement. Kathy Fisher, (laughs) unpack it for us and let's have some highlights, please, to inspire our audience. Go ahead. Absolutely. So first of all, the we is Terry and I, uh, you know, within our organizations did that work. And the way that we identified these 24 essential supply chain topics was a blend of our own industry experiences working with organizations throughout the automotive supply chain and our many decades of experience in the industry, but also our in-depth knowledge of industry standards. And what's interesting about these 24 topics is that they're not new. When you look at the types of topics we're talking about, contingency planning, constraints management, capacity planning, uh, service parts management, um, scheduling, any of these topics are common topics or common processes within automotive manufacturers. However, they've not gotten the focus or the, um, let's say, the diligence of defining and managing that quality or safety processes have simply because they've not really been emphasized in our standards and organizations are not being compelled to define those processes. So we're trying to bring these to the surface and encourage organizations to recognize these supply chain processes as essential to the success of their business and, of course, in delivering on that promise of delivery. And that's why you and Terry are here to bring it to their attention, to bring it to the forefront and to make it compelling and interesting. And this is what they need to do. Terry, talk to us. Chime in. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. And so I'm, we're really excited about it because Kathy and I have started rolling these out um, within the QED, uh, our, our, our base of uh, companies. And we've been saying, we'll go and we'll do three of them with you. Let's work on three of these 24 essential supply chain topics. And guess what the number one one is right now? Performance, supplier performance. Wow, I, I wonder why that's happening, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they, unanimously, everybody you're reaching out to right now wants to really look at supplier performance and how are they measuring and monitoring that um, within their base. Uh, but the other thing that I was really fascinating, Kathy and I had an opportunity to talk uh, twice in the last few weeks on this topic of the 24 essential supply chain topics. And we are getting people from life sciences coming to us and saying, can you work with us on the exact same topics? Um, had one today, consumer products. So I, we feel really excited that not only have we hit the, the mark with automotive industry, but other industries are looking at these and say, hey, help me too. So we're really delighted that they're resonating so well with everybody. Now, that to me is a definition of thought leadership, Terry and Kathy. When you take something that is an essential you thought to the industry where your focus is, where your businesses are, and other people say, wait a minute, we want in on that too. Is there a book? Is there a place people can go to see these 24 essential processes? Any place we can send people? Sure. Uh, Go to qad.com slash delivery. Okay, good. Happy to do that. We need to share the knowledge. I want to go to our second topic, Kathy provided. You say sustainable supply chain performance requires the seamless integration 
of traditional supply chain and quality functions in automotive manufacturers. Is it not seamless yet, Kathy? Where where does it stand? If you had to have a, a slider from zero to 100, where do we see that goal of seamless integration so far? It's almost the end of 2021. What do you see? So integration, minimal, seamless, zero. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what I asked. Basically, what we see are silos. And we may see you know, silos in terms of the quality function at the plant level and then supply chain over there at the corporate. And they're not talking to each other. How can we possibly deliver to our customers if there isn't that connection between the products that we're producing, the services that we're delivering, and making sure that that delivery pipeline, the processes are there to support getting those goods to our our consumers, especially. Terry, are we seeing that same? I'm trying to do the slider here for the visual here. So here's here's zero. Is it anywhere up from zero? Or are you going to agree with Kathy that we're at zero? Uh, we're at zero. Her and I are, are locked <laughs> together on this one. Yeah. And the other one that needs to really come to play in this too is IT. Because mm-hmm. once we get these processes stabilized, right, and we get this holistic view and we we really are, you know, performing to where we should be performing, now we can take and apply that to, to, to technology and then speed up the whole process, right, and communicate much more efficiently and get information and analytics to the C-level and to the plant managers so hopefully we know when things are going to happen versus they happen to us and we're trying to deal with them after. And this is one of the things that we've really seen that organizations incrementally are addressing particular supply chain processes. So if we go back to those 24 essential supply chain processes, we're not saying that organizations don't recognize and have nothing in place. Many organizations have these processes in some way, shape or form defined, but those processes are not connected together um, they've got disparate systems. We like to say it's a patchwork quilt yep. of technology that's glued together with Excel spreadsheets. How can you possibly have visibility or seamless communication of requirements under those circumstances? You can't. So my question to both of you is, is this keeping anybody in the C-suite of these companies awake at night? Are they waking up with a headache and saying, we are not, we're at zero. We listened to Kathy. We listened to Terry on OESA Automotive Insiders and we're at zero. We got at least nudge it up to 25% this year, maybe 30%. At least we're, we're getting toward the goalpost. But is, is this something that's bottom line? Is this breaking news hearing you talking about this, Kathy and Terry today? Are people going to say, what? You mean we need to do that? Are they saying, yeah, it's been on our mind and it's, it's time we have to do something. Kathy, what do you think? Breaking news or nagging old news? I I think it's going to be, there's going to be two camps. There's definitely going to be some organizations that are so focused on just the technology and their manufacturing that they're going to say, wow, you know, we didn't even think about what our future supply chain looks like on the consumer end and that we don't have those back-end processes to support it. But there are many organizations, like I said, that have those processes defined, and they're going to say, we really need to look holistically at our supply chain. When we say supply chain, we're all the way, delivery of that vehicle to the consumer, all the way back to tier and raw materials. We need to be looking holistically. And this is where Terry and I have redefined what we traditionally call the automotive supply chain, which is linear, to a supply ecosystem. And what's driving us in that direction, besides the Amazon effect, of course, Mm -hmm. 
is the change of technology. Just look what's going on with electrification and autonomous vehicle technology. It's no longer the manufacturers of the hardware. There's software, there's apps, there's data information, there's integration with infrastructure. It's, it's, it's no longer a linear chain. So organizations must start looking at this. And as an industry, we really need to be looking at that ecosystem instead of the chain. Terry, I'm going to say I, this. Agree or disagree? Let's see where you fall on that. I, we still agree. Um, I, what I really think right now we have to do, and I heard a, a major OEM that's doing this right now. I think the C-suite needs to go to the plant and look and see for yourself. Ask to look at Mm. contingency plans. Ask to look at work instructions. Kathy and I are out there so much, we see it every day. That's why we know this is happening. And I don't care if you're the biggest, the best multinational in the world, tier one provider, we still find your sites are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So look and see. The other look and see we need to do is between tier one and tier two. So a lot of times you're asked to do things by your customer and pass that down the supply chain. And, and, you know, so give that to your tier two, make sure your tier two is doing that with the tier three, but tier one's not going out and looking and seeing if the tier two's doing that and passing that information along to the tier three. So I think we need to get out and go look and see. And I think people will be very surprised at what's going on. And that's why Kathy and I say it's really a low score right now. Thank you. And a reality check is good. And it's okay to say to people, you're not doing it yet. And we're here to tell you how and why. Exactly. Why should you be doing it? And how fast and urgently do you need to be doing it? I have mm-hmm. one more topic listed here. We've, we've t- touched on it a little bit. Technology is the enabler for automotive suppliers to gain real-time visibility. Let's talk about that visibility in managing their supply chains and becoming more predictive in supply chain decision-making. So, Kathy, let's talk just really briefly about real-time visibility and being predictive, predictive about where your materials are, predictive about when is a machine maybe going to break down and what can we do to stop that downtime, right? Predictive about a delay in delivery. What can we do about that, quote, unquote, last mile, the real last mile in delivery? (laughs) So let's just do briefly real-time visibility, predictive. Kathy and then Terry, and then we'll wrap up. Go ahead, Kathy. What's so exciting right now is the technology that's available to organizations, especially in the manufacturing space, is phenomenal. I mean, you could literally run your plant from sitting at home. They call it a a dark plant or or a lights out plant. That's possible. That technology exists today. But unfortunately, we see all too often organizations, especially down the supply chain in those tier twos, tier threes, so on, are not adopting that technology. They have in their mind that, oh, this is going to be too expensive. It's too complicated. Um, It's going to create uh, disruption in my business as I know it. I'm going to lose control. So they're skewing that technology and instead staying with their spreadsheets and paper and pencil. And unfortunately, that's limiting their perspective of uh, visibility across their supply chain and being able to predict their, their process results towards customer satisfaction. You keep mentioning spreadsheets. I have to tell you, I have a radio show I do called Financial Excellence with Game Changers. It's about the office of the CFO, the Department of Finance for companies around the world. They're walking away from spreadsheets. They're not sitting in the basement with with the eye shade and the green banker's lamp saying, okay, let's look in column 92 on our spreadsheet here. They want to be looking ahead, not looking back. And the spreadsheet is hopefully going the way of all, 
Okay. I won't say an Edsel, but anyway, Terry, comments on technology, and then we're going to wrap up. Terry, what do you see? Yes. I do want to add on to what Kathy said. I I know in in participating in industry standards, there's this feeling that it's too expensive to push technology down to the lower supply chain. And I say, was it just the other day, $210 billion this is going to cost. Had we had automation and we've been pushing it, I don't think we would have hit that. And this is we're only reading that bottom line because this is such a, a, a global disruption. But these these disruptions happen every day. We just don't add them up. But $210 billion. And again, predictive is where it's at. But you can't get there until you have your processes in place, right? Once they're in place, then you can go ahead and apply the technology. But you can't apply technology when you have broken processes. So you really have to start with the processes first. And you absolutely can get to predictive where you can be at your desk with machine learning, you know, using your platform on with your ERP, you can start looking at, they can look at different components of what's going on, and maybe be able to tell you, hey, you've got a troubled supplier that looks like they're brewing up, or you've got a piece of equipment that looks like it might go down. So it's here, but we got to get back to processes and the people, and then we can move forward with the, with the technology. Actionable insights, right? Yes. What do you see and what can you do about it? And what can you do with it to make things better? I have learned so much from the two of you. You're, you're so smart. And I'm going to say you're delightful to speak with. The enthusiasm, Kathy Fisher at Quistum, anybody looking for her, Q-U-I-S-T-E-M, L-L-C, and Terry Onika at QAD. So happy to have this opportunity to speak with you. I want to do a shout out. Katie Clark, we've already mentioned you in the background there. Thank you so much. Lucky you to have Terry as your mentor. A shout out also to David Johnson, Andrew Rhodes at OESA. Ladies, wave goodbye. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another really interesting episode (laughs) of Automotive Insiders brought to you by OESA, Original Equipment Suppliers Association. Bye for now. Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.